Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Live on tape from the Ed Sullivan Theater in New York City, it's Stephen Thank you so much. Welcome to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. And it is... We had a little break. Had a couple of days off for yeah. Thanksgiving. Did you have, a good me- Did you have something good, John? Yeah, good yeah. Meal? I had a good meal, good family time. Mm-hmm. That's right on. When you're down in New Orleans, when you're down in New Orleans, do you have, like, New Orleans-based, like, stuffing? Is it, like, a crayfish yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah. stuffing or anything like that? You put New Orleans seasoning on it, and it makes everything New Orleans. Okay. So even if it's just regular old mac and cheese... Ba-bow. You're transported. It's somewhere else. Somewhere else. Ba-bow. 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 Happy Monday to everybody. And to my, my Jewish viewers, happy second night of Hanukkah. The second night... Yes. <laughs> Ryan Lynn. Jacob happy Hanukkah. The second night is particularly important because it commemorates the day when the ancient Maccabees gathered in the temple to pretend they liked the dress shirt they got from their aunt. <laughs> it's still November, so it's an unusually early Hanukkah this year. I'm guessing it's tough to go directly from Thanksgiving into another holiday, especially on the food front. Mm-hmm. Oh, I couldn't eat another bite of mashed potatoes and cranberry sauce. Ooh, fried potatoes and applesauce? Mmm. <laughs> mmm. Sour cream. For all of you playing dreidel tonight, remember, gambling's only fun until it becomes a problem. Avoid anyone spending their guilt on Hanukkah betting apps like Dreidel Kings. (laughs) Today is also Cyber Monday, a.k.a. buy Jeff Bezos a second penis rocket day. Oh, my God. Nice. Two. Sword fight. It's the... Sure. It's the highlight of the holiday season. Children lie awake in their beds, listening for the click, click, click of their mom entering promo codes. (laughs) And it might be hard to find the perfect gift this season because the supply chain is still a mess, which is why some holiday shoppers are doubling down, stockpiling gifts in case their favorite items don't arrive in time. That's why really smart shoppers don't wait till Black Friday. They start trampling people weeks ago. (laughs) One survey found that this year, a whopping 20% of shoppers said they plan to order more gifts in case some are delayed or canceled. So if you're doing the 12 days of Christmas, be safe and double your order. Okay, that's 16 maids of milking. That's 20 lords of leaping. And forget about 12's drummer drumming. Just hire the Texas A&M marching band. (laughs) 
That's good. Keep playing. That's... It's wrong for me. It's wrong for Pom Pom. Very accurate. Very accurate. One retail expert described the market this way. We see a consumer who is anxious to spend. They are eager to shop and anxious about the execution. Coincidentally, eager to shop and anxious about the execution, also the title of Marie Antoinette's memoir. <laughs> you know, you don't hear Marie Antoinette jokes anymore. <laughs> it's a class. Cla audiences love French Revolution jokes. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Unfortunately, there are a lot of small businesses struggling through this pandemic, so we here at The Late Show have been trying our best to help by encouraging people to post about small businesses that could use a little boost, a little bump, using the hashtag ColbertSmallBizBump and then highlighting some of them on this show. We even made a big commercial for a place called Foggy Pine Books in Boone, North Carolina, that featured Tom Hanks. And another one for Just Heavenly Fudge Factory on Lopez Island, Washington, that featured Kenny G. Or could have been Tom Hanks playing Kenny G. Because he's that good. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I am proud to say that your support has made a big impact on the small businesses that we feature here on the show. Just look at what happened after we mentioned a small bakery on The Late Show. A store in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, called Shawnee Cake Specialty Treats, saw a huge spike in business over the weekend. They sell toffee butter cookies, lemon oh. pound cake, chocolate cakes known as Jordans. Shawnee Cakes look good. I was looking on the screen. Looked real good. Not often I want to look my TV screen, but that was good. That's a huge success. Not only did we help Shawnee Cakes, we tempted Gail King to French kiss her Samsung. <laughs> a little Samsung tongue. To tongue the Samsung. She said it, not me. Since we put out the call, we've heard about even more small businesses that could use a little boost. And I'm talking about great businesses like Vintage Jewelry on Spring Street in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, and Proust Pets in Lansing, Michigan, and in Auburn, Massachusetts, McCoy's Action Karate. So much more effective than inaction karate. Come at me, bro. I will not do anything. <laughs> we also got this video from Greenleaf Dental Care in House Springs, Missouri. Greetings, Stephen. My name is Nathan Suter, dentist and owner of Greenleaf Dental Care in House Springs, Missouri. Uh, Greenleaf Dental Care uh, is a small reference in name to uh, a Lord of the Rings character, which I'm sure you know. Well, I assume you mean Legolas, the only son of the elven king Thranduil of Mirkwood, whose name is a sylvan dialect form of the cinder and elvish Legolas, meaning green leaf. Unless, of course, there's a Lord of the Rings character named Dental Care that I've never heard of. <laughs> but it was written by a guy from England, so I kind of doubt it. <laughs> so, make sure that takes a little... That takes a little <laughs> moment to land. So be sure to check out Green Leaf Dental, the only dentist who can turn this into this. <laughs> he's ready to date. Get your veneers together. Golem with the new teeth. Golem yes. is ready to date, but he's never going to give you the ring. <laughs> we also heard from a restaurant called Pizza Girls in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, whose owners wrote us to say, we aren't strippers, we're pizza girls. <laughs> we spent 26 years in the restaurant biz, and we have award-winning pizza, but new customers think we're strippers. 
Well, we wanted to help get this important information out, so please join me at the Late Show Pizza News Camera. Breaking pizza news out of Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, where local authorities have confirmed that Pizza Girls is, in fact, a restaurant and not, I repeat, not a strip club. <laughs> Residents are encouraged to visit Pizza Girls only if you are looking for delicious Italian food in an environment where everyone keeps their clothes on. <laughs> if you are looking for a strip club, authorities recommend trying pretty much anywhere else in Florida. <laughs> Steve? Thanks, Steven. But there was one small business that really caught my eye. It's a little place in New Hope, Minnesota, called Redmond's Popcorn. It was started last year by Zach Redmond, who lost his job as a barber during the pandemic and started selling gourmet popcorn out of the trunk of his car. Then he got such a good reaction, he opened his own shop. And with over 40 unique flavors, Zach Redmond describes his popcorn like this. I'm like a luxury vehicle of popcorn. Well... Luxury vehicle popcorn deserves a luxury vehicle commercial. Jim. For those who enjoy the finer things, the ones who blaze their own trails, when you demand high performance, all roads lead to New Hope, Minnesota. Redmond's Popcorn, unparalleled design. Unrivaled comfort and able to pop from 0 to 60 in 2.3 seconds. It's the only popcorn to receive JD Power and Associates Award for midsize luxury snack. Now available in exclusive finishes like banana pudding, chili cheese, Butterfinger, and for those looking to kick it up a bit. Hot barbecue. How does Redmond's get every bite perfectly coated with flavor? Let's just say they go the extra mile. Only Redmond's popcorn is engineered for excellence. In fact, it's so good. I'm eating it right now. Mm. I know I probably should have waited till I finished recording this, but. Damn, this stuff is good. For current sales events, visit the dealership at 2738 Winnetka Avenue, Suite 150B. Redmond's Popcorn. Buckle your tongue, because your mouth is in for the ride of its life. Redmond. Thanks to Zach Redmond and Nick Offerman. Grab some popcorn and stick around because we've got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, The Late Show presents Hanukkah Movie Classics. The Hargan women seem to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings early and ad-free on the 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. Monday. Yeah. Monday, right? 
John, I'm, you know, uh, I, you know how I feel about Peter Jackson, right? Yes, you know yes, how I feel about yes, Peter Jackson. Sure, sure. What an amazing artist he is, incredible director, and yes. such a wide variety of interests. You got right. he started That's off right. with like comedy horror. He's got the Lord of the Rings yep. movies. Yep. Uh, now he's got this incredible documentary about the Beatles. Tonight he's back to tell the full story that nobody really knows of the rooftop concert. You know, the mm -hmm. famous, yeah, they yes. played on top of Apple. That's it's not what anybody thinks. Oh, it's wow. a totally different event. It's not three songs, it's nine songs. Oh my goodness. And we're gonna, oh, you'll see. Yep. <laughs> Folks, the holiday season is finally here, and there's no better way to recover from gorging on Thanksgiving dinner than gorging on Christmas movies. Cheesy made-for-TV holiday movies have become an annual tradition, and this year, there will be more than ever because Lifetime alone will release 35 new Christmas movies, including soon-to-be classics An Ice Wine Christmas, Merry Little Christmas Baby, Christmas with a Crown, and A Fiancé for Christmas. And, of course, its steamier sequel, A Thruple by Arbor Day. <laughs> and not to be outdone, Hallmark will be releasing a staggering 41 new holiday movies. But there's just one problem. While that makes 146 new Christmas movies being released this year, there are still basically zero Hanukkah movies. And that is a Shonda. Everyone deserves holiday movies. So tonight, in honor of the second night of Hanukkah, The Late Show is bridging the holiday movie gap with our brand new slate of Hanukkah classics. This Christmas, get ready for Hanukkah. I've searched the whole city and I can't find oil anywhere. Now I'll never win the latke competition. How can the whole city be sold out of potatoes? Oh, my potatoes! My oil! Because miracles aren't just for Maccabees. What did you say your name was? It's David. David Canola. And the only thing that lasts longer than the oil in the temple is romance. This winter, it's a whole latke love. But it's not just rom-coms. We also have even more sure-to-be hits, like Fried Food Frenzy, Home for the Holidays, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Rabbi, Guilty as Charged. We, the jury, find the defendant delicious. Ah, you got me. The Eight Nights of Hanukkah. The time has come for you to pick a suitor to marry. But how can I pick one when I love all eight? No, Lady Hanukkah, it's not possible. Somehow, it is. I miraculously have enough love for all eight nights. Get it? A menorah for mom, the ghosts of Hanukkah Pass, I wish we celebrated Christmas, and Casino Dreydown. Your spin, Mr. Bond. Gimel. We even Hanukkah up Christmas classics like It's a Hanukkah Life, Shalom Alone, Dreidel All the Way, The Menorah Claus, and A Hanukkah Carol. Hi, I'm Carol. We've got as many movies as there are ways to spell Hanukkah. Speaking of which, The Hanukkah Miracle, The Hanukkah Miracle, The Hanukkah Miracle, The Chanukkah Miracle, The Hanukkah Miracle, The Hanukkah Miracle, The Hanukkah Miracle, that's real, look it up. The Hanukkah Miracle, The Hanukkah Miracle, and of course, A Hanukkah Carol too. Sorry, I forgot my coat. All that and more this Hanukkah season, which is sometime between Thanksgiving and the New Year, I want to say. I'm not really sure how the lunar calendar works. Anyway, happy Hanukkah. Coming up.
Peter Jackson. Hey everyone, it's David Duchovny. Do you ever feel like a failure? Trust me, I get it. Hell, I've spent my whole life almost feeling like a failure. It's appropriate though, because on Fail Better, my new podcast with Lemonada Media, exploring the world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives is the whole point. Each week I'll chat with artists, athletes, actors, and experts about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, I hope we can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out on May 7th, wherever you get your podcasts. Last Wednesday, we aired my interview with Academy Award-winning director and person who has actually let me sleep at his house, <laughs> Sir Peter Jackson. I spoke to Peter from New Zealand about his latest project, the absolutely extraordinary Beatles documentary, Get Back, which takes you behind the scenes for the making of their album, Let It Be. Peter's documentary did something I didn't think it was possible. It made me sign up for Disney+. Plus. <laughs> It also changed the way I thought about the Beatles. So tonight, I'm excited to share the rest of our interview, beginning with the story behind their legendary rooftop concert. Jim? We've certainly seen uh, parts of the rooftop concert, you know, mm. for the last 50 years. Yep. This is the entirety of it mm -hmm. that you have. Yep. Everybody thought it was like three songs. They did nine songs, six songs, three of them twice, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, so it's about a 45-minute yeah. concert, isn't yeah, yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the rooftop concert is... I, I mean, I didn't used to like that because I, I, all the baggage of the breakup and it was grainy and that one or two songs, and I used to think, oh, it's famous, but they don't look like they're having much fun. But with the context of it all and, and the whole thing and the, and the restoration, I, I, it's my favourite Beatles performance now in the world. Because emotionally you know what they're trying to achieve and they themselves don't know if they... If they can, they're nervous about going up there. They, they don't even know if they're going to do it ten, 10 minutes before they walk out on the roof. They're still debating whether to do it. They come up, OK, OK, we're going to do this. And by halfway through, they're, they're, the, fam they're, they're the four teenagers from Liverpool getting to do rock and roll again. And you just feel so pleased. You, you finally do it. Can you tell me the story of where this footage has been for 50 years? I mean, people have assumed when they say that, you know, you know, 60 hours of footage, unseen footage has been discovered, they assume it's, it's, sort of, it's been in a corner somewhere and forgotten about and suddenly, suddenly somebody's found it there. That's not true. The, the Beatles have suppressed this footage. They have never intended anybody to see it. They, didn't, they, they don't want anyone to see it. And this what thing, changed it? Well, I think for 50 years, I, I, I haven't had this conversation with them, but I get the strong feeling that they now ha feel that it's time for history to take uh, dominance over their personal feelings. You know, they, they, they understand, they totally understand the historic um, importance of this footage, the, the amazing <laughs> historic treasure trove, and they feel that after 50 years it should come out. And What was their reaction to you when they saw it? I mean, I know they didn't give you any notes, but was there anything like besides that that they particularly learned that shocked them? Uh, well, uh, you know... There's a, there's a moment, there's actually a moment where Paul McCartney leaves the, the room. I, I mean, it's lunchtime. But, uh, Ringo and Paul leave the room. And John and George are left there. And George very nervously says to John, oh, John, I've got all these songs here I've written. I've got 20 songs I've written. And, you know, 
you know, if in, in my normal quota, meaning two songs per album, he's allowed that the Beatles sort of let John uh, George do. It, it will, you know, he says it'll take me twenty years to or ten years to get these. It'll take me ten years to get these songs out. So I'm thinking I, I might just like to do an album on my own. Yes, get my songs out of the way. And John says, "What? You mean all by yourself?" And he said, "Well, yeah, yeah, I'd like to. You know, it'd be great to do an album where all my songs are on an album. I can, you know, hear what that like." And John says, "Yeah, that that would be great. That was fantastic." And he says, "But well, I can, you know, we'll still do the Beatles thing." And John says, "Yeah, yeah, we can. You know, be George does a solo album, and then the Beatles do an album." So that that to me was a picture of how the Beatles could have survived going forward, do their solo work, and um, and still come together every now and again to do the Beatles. Now, Paul didn't hear that conversation. In 1969, he didn't know that even happened. He sees the film, and I ask him, "What? What do you think about that conversation that you would have seen for the first time, where, where George, you know, you know, and John talk about a solo album?" I mean, that I said that that sort of paints a picture of how the Beatles could have carried on in the future. And you know what Paul said to me? He said, "I, I wish I knew that they said they said that at the time." We have to take a quick break, Peter, but don't go anywhere, everybody. We'll be right back with the director of the Beatles, Get Back, Peter Jackson. Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney, the voice of Korra on The Legend of Korra. And me, Dante Bosco, the voice of Zuko on The Last Airbender and General Iroh on The Legend of Korra. Each week we'll recap and discuss another episode of The Last Airbender. I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but... Amazing guests stop by from creators to cast to super fans to chat all things Avatarverse. Are we saying that this is possible in the Avatar universe? Varney, we gotta spread the word. Now fans can also check out our weekly video pods too by subscribing to the official Avatar YouTube channel. That's a lot of fire, isn't it? That's right, we're on video this season, everybody. So whether you're a super fan with encyclopedic knowledge or you're brand new to this incredible world, it's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Brave the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. We're back with the director of The Beatles, Get Back, Peter Jackson. I love, I love The Beatles. I love, I'm a fan of process. I'm a fan of, of seeing, you know, great artists in the messy act yeah. of creation and yeah, the yeah, human yeah. and all their own yeah. doubts. Yeah. You know, yeah. it pulls them off of the pedestal a little bit and makes them yeah. even more beautiful in many ways. Absolutely. And the, the, this is all through that. The process mm. of creating these songs is fantastic. <laughs> as, as, uh, as my wife, Evie, said, oh, my God, there's so many hours of them just playing with each other. I mean, like, playing <laughs> yeah, like... Yeah. Like, like, like playing a game, like not playing their own songs, playing no. other people's songs, yeah, yeah. and and playing them in a variety of different styles yeah. while they're waiting for tapes to roll or yeah. mics to be set up, and then suddenly they'll start working, mm. and and you'll see them discovering their song, and we have a moment here while mm. George is trying to figure out the lyrics to something. It's it's right. just a nascent song at this point, Jim. What could it be, Paul? Something in the way she moves. What attracted me at all? Just say whatever comes into your head each time attracts me like a cauliflower until you get the word. Yeah, yeah but I've been through this one like for about six months. Attracts me like a pomegranate. <laughs> we could have that. Attracts me like a pomegranate. Something in the way she moves. 
attracts me like a moth to candles. Something in the way she I tell you what, Stephen. This, what surprised me about all this is that is it's such an interactive experience. When I when I'm watching that for the first time, I'm screaming out, "No other lover, no other lover!" I'm sort of yelling at them as if they oh can hear me. You're sort of trying to you're trying to get behind them to to get those words. You know, you, it's it's weirdly interactive. It's yeah. Uh, yeah, the, when, when they're trying to figure out what Sweet Loretta's last name should be. Yes. You know, there's a Sweet Loretta Marsh, Sweet yeah. Loretta Mary. Yeah. I'm like going, it's yeah. Martin! Yeah. It's Martin, yeah. you idiots! There's one sad moment where, where they, they give Jojo a surname for a while. Jojo, Daphne, Jojo. And for a while, Jojo Jackson. And I'm thinking, hey, God, that's good. Jojo Jackson. And then there's this <laughs> terrible moment where... Paul and Jonathan, Jojo Jackson, they say, no, no, that's, that's, uh, that's bad. I think, oh, come on, guys, that's, that's a personal, personal insult. And then two... two I also so, like two when songs. John questions... Two, I like two, when John questions yep. whether Tucson's in yep. Arizona. And Paul says, yeah, it's, it's where the High Chaparral shot. <laughs> Tucson <laughs> was there because the High Chaparral TV series. Paul obviously watched that. And it was in Tucson. So High Chaparral is who we thank for Tucson, Arizona. Who, who, who'd have thought? <laughs> I think it also will change people's... Um, view of Yoko Ono's role yeah, in sure. in the last year of the Beatles yeah. together because mm. she's not a, a malicious figure in any way. No. She, they're very much in mm. love and mm. they want to be with each other all the time. Yeah. That may have caused friction in some ways in their in their process. It's hard to tell. Yeah. Um, certainly it doesn't happen on camera. Well, you know, you're dealing with, with guys that are getting older, their lifestyle changes. Look, you know, when they were the mop tops on the Ed Sullivan show, would it have been appropriate, you know, for, for, for one of their girlfriends to hang around? No, and I don't think any of them would, would have wanted that, but they're older men now. John and Yoko are totally in love, and so, okay, John doesn't want to head into, into the studio at, you know, nine in the morning and, and, and be apart from Yoko till, till seven or eight at night. I mean, he's, they're in love. Why shouldn't she just come along? And if, if just the thing is, you, she sits beside him because, you know, they, they're in love with each other. She does, she is respectful. She doesn't interfere. You, you, you don't get Yoko suggesting to Paul how, to, you know, how the solo should be played or, or, you know, I think that solo should be a bit quicker, Paul. Or, you know, she, she is, she's not trying to interfere. She's totally respectful of what they're doing. She's knitting, she's reading books. She's doing stuff. They're there because they love each other, and she's and the Beatles are getting getting on with it. So, it's just the Beatles at this point in '69. They're not the kids anymore, and this is their lifestyles changing. But they're still the Beatles, and and Yoko and John are in love, and and, and Yoko's there. What, what, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. I mean, you know, yeah. You say they're not kids anymore, but one of the things you're reminded because this gets mentioned a couple of times yeah. by the Beatles in in the documentary, they're like between 26 and 28 years old, right? Like George, George is 26? George is 25, I believe. George is 25, Paul's 26, and Ringo and John are 20, 28, I believe. I believe 27, 28, I believe, yeah. yeah. I mean, to me, that yeah. seems like they're still kids. But well, they're, they're, they're in the last year of the yeah, most epoch-making exactly. band. You've got, you've got 25-year-old George Harrison Beatle, towards the end of the Beatles' career, they're, they're eight months away from breaking up, and, and he's 25. He's 25 years old. He, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. Everything that George has achieved as a Beatle, he's done it up to the age of 25. What, what, a, what an amazing life, you know. But it's, it's an amazing thing, because you don't... Yeah, they're young. They're just... They're, yeah, almost, almost kids. They're just... Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's incredible. Their age is incredible, yeah. We have to take another break, but stick around, because we'll be right back with more Peter Jackson. <laughs> Thank you.
Rise and shine, football fans. Start your day the right way with Morning Footy, a podcast that covers every aspect of the global game. Headlines, match previews, analysis, interviews, culture, fashion, and plenty of banter. Join as we track the thrills and spills of Europe's biggest title races, the business end of the Champions League season, a summer packed with international competitions, MLS, NWSL, and much more. Subscribe to Morning Footy. Hey everybody, we're back with the director of my new favorite trilogy, The Beatles Get Back, Peter Jackson. I, I, I want to um, give a shout out real quickly to your editor, mm. Jabez Olson, mm-hmm. because when I was there two years ago and I was lucky enough to come uh, to your, your place in New Zealand, you said, oh, do you want to watch this footage? And we went down to the basement. You're editing a yeah. theater there, yeah. editing studio. Yeah. And you and Jabez and me sat there mm-hmm. for eight hours over two days <laughs> where you showed me stuff. Yeah. And what I said to you was, yeah. how can you possibly take this 57 hours, mm. which I want to watch all of without any yeah. interruption? Just yeah. clean it up, clean up the sound, and I would l- just happily stay here for a week and watch all of it. How do you get that into the actual into a movie and one of the things that I just want to say because I'm one of the few people who will know this that feeling of watching it in its raw state was so such a privilege to see and I feel that same privilege in the edited form that you've created here because you really do feel you're just another person in that studio but you're also watching a story at the same time and my question to you is, mm-hmm. how did you find that story? Because it mm-hmm. seems like it must have been like archaeology. Yeah. You didn't yeah. know what yeah. was on the footage. Yeah, it didn't well, even yeah. have proper time codes, many mm-hmm. of it. How did you... There's no storyboard. There's no script. No. How, what was that process like of finding the story? Well, what, what one option was that we thought about and quickly um, discarded was, OK, this, this unseen footage has, has come you know, from 50 years ago. OK, well, to tell the story, we'll, talk to, we'll interview Ringo today... Paul today, Michael Lindsay Hogg today, Lynn Johns today, they can tell the story and then we'll cut the clips of the footage. That's the lazy way of doing it and, and it sort of puts you, you get today and 50, and 50 years ago and it sort of you feel a gap. And I thought, well, I've always fantasised about getting in a time machine and going and sitting in the studio with the Beatles. This is what we've got to do. And the Beatles have got to tell us the story. They have, because look, when you, when you think about it, they have, st- they, the four guys are there, they've got a plan they start to work, the plan is, goes wrong. They're talking about the fact it's going wrong. They're, 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 their conversations tell you the story, which is actually makes it way more interesting and dramatic because, because they're having things uh, you know, going wrong. They have to come up with plans, and their discussions of how they do that is it's not scripted, and it's not an interview today of someone who remembers it. You're seeing it in real time, these four guys trying to work it out. And so the conversations tell you the story. So we didn't know what the conversations were, because as you say, there's no script. So we had to watch this stuff over and over again, listen, to, and we had to eavesdrop on their 50-year-old discussions. And sometimes there's no film, there's, you know, there's tapes running, no film, and, and you're literally eavesdropping on, on what, this, what this conversation was. All, the, all those decades ago. Because the director, uh, uh, the director at the time, Michael, literally yeah. hid microphones. Well, what, what's funny? I'll tell you. I'll tell you the other funny thing that I, makes makes me laugh, Stephen and I, is that the Beatles decide they're going to ask Michael Lindsay Hogg to come in, and for the first time in their career, they decide they're going to let the intimate, fly on the wall footage of their process be shot, and almost immediately, they start to think, "Is this a good idea? Is this a good idea?" <laughs> 
This is freaking us out. And at that point, it becomes a battle of wills. And, and actually, it's a battle of wills. Michael starts to realise they're not... He wants... He, and look, good, good, Michael needs a huge credit for this. Michael is determined to record every intimate conversation he can. And he's hiding mi microphones. He had... He, that, half the time, they don't know they're being filmed. Because Michael used to set these, the cameras up on tripods, 16mm cameras, 10-minute rolls, you know, and the cameramen are there. And, they, they, and then they put some tape over the red light, so because when the camera goes on, the little red light, tape over the red light so the Beatles wouldn't see it. And the cameraman would suddenly hit the button and then wander off to the cup of tea table and have a cup of tea. So the Beatles would look up, the camera's just sitting there by itself. Okay, well, they're, they're there, but, but the camera's not rolling, so we're, we're okay. My, they did all sorts of tricks to trick the Beatles into thinking they weren't being filmed. And then the Beatles start to counter that. So, you, so they realised the microphones. They, George and John start cranking up, if they, if they want to have a conversation and they don't want Michael to record it, they crank up their amp, they strum guitars, they do everything. So you've got this battle of wills. I mean, for some reason, the Beatles who are paying for this don't think to say to Michael, oh, could you stop recording? And, and it was, they don't actually think about that. They, 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 this battle of, of, of wills actually just erupts. And, and they actually succeeded, the Beatles, because they're having conversations and their guitars are drowning it out. And so what we did here, down here in New Zealand 50 years later, we developed technology with computers and AI that we taught a computer what a guitar sounds like. And then we said to the computer, you know what a guitar sounds like. Have a listen to this and get rid of the guitar, please. We don't want to hear the guitar. We just want to hear the discussions. It's crazy science fiction stuff, but it works. So we actually stripped away all, this, all the stuff that the Beatles had done. And after 50 years, their tricks... No, boys, we, we, we hear it all. We hear it all. So we're listening to stuff that they, that no one's actually heard because it, cause it, did, it did get swamped out. But you see, that's so good for us because it is the, it's the, still the story. Their conversations are still to the story. So we got access to all, the, all, this, all this discussion that, that is so raw and potent and honest and real and just that they, they at the time didn't want anyone to hear. So, yeah, it's, it's been fun. Peter, thank you for being here, and thank you for making this three-part documentary movie uh, about the Get Back Sessions. It is an, a beautiful love story. Uh, it is exhilarating. It's illuminating. It's heartbreaking many times, and um, it really does feel like a privilege to be let yeah. into this world. Yeah. And no, um, I'm so glad uh, that you were the archaeologist to take us through it, because it's a really beautiful story. Thanks again to Peter Jackson. The Beatles' Get Back is available now on Disney+. This has been The Late Show Pot Show with Stephen Colbert. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+.